to trust him to speak to us, to strengthen us, to encourage us. And I just can't tell you what a privilege it is uh, to preach God's word to such an amazing church. And do you know, if time flies, this is our five year, this month marks our five year anniversary that Amity and I and our kids have been here to be a part of this church. And we're privileged, we're honored. And it's just uh, been such an amazing ride and we believe that the best is yet to come. And you know, when we, when we entered into the pandemic season, one of the things that the Lord really put in my heart was that his heart for us was that somehow, some way, I knew it was gonna be challenging, but somehow, some way, we would be more connected on the back half, on the other side of this season, more connected, more committed, and more convinced. And listen, I, some of those things are still being, being navigated, some of those things, it's for some people, maybe it's, it's still yet to, it remains to be seen how much that's gonna happen for them. Some people are becoming disconnected and some people are, 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 are drifting from their faith, but God's heart is that we would come through this season more connected, more committed, and more convinced. And listen, some of those things have been challenged in my own life, but there's one thing that is unequivocally true, and I am more convinced. I look around and I see everything that we're walking through as a culture and I am more convinced that Jesus is the hope of the world. He's the only way, truth, and life. Amen. And here's the other thing. I'm more convinced that the local church is the hope of the world because Jesus is our message. The Bible says, how will they know if there isn't someone to preach? And we're the salt, we're the light. Salt preserves. The church is the hope of the world because Jesus is the message that we preach. Amen. And I'm more convinced than ever. I'm more convinced than ever. And I, I, I'm also more convinced that being a part of a church, I mean having a, a, a 700 Wakarusa Drive Rev City Church, this building, this vision, this people, this mission, these teams to come and to serve and to give your life away, that having that, I'm more convinced than ever that that matters in people's lives. I've seen what's happened as people have become disconnected from the opportunity to gather together as God's people and to give their lives away. I'm more convinced than ever of the significance of the church of Jesus Christ. And that's you and that's me. Come on, look at your neighbor or whoever you're worshiping with today and say, that's you. We're the church. We're the church. It's not a building. We meet in a building, but we are the church of Jesus Christ. I'm convinced that the world needs Jesus more than ever. I'm convinced that the best is yet to come for this church. I'm convinced that there's a strategic assignment, a mission, a purpose. We have such an amazing, vibrant history as a church, and I'm convinced that on that foundation, that amazing history of seeking and serving God and serving our community, that there's even more that God desires to do. Even more that God desires to do. All right, let's get into God's word this morning, Acts chapter 27. 
And this is the final series, final message, rather, in our series titled Anchored. And listen, I hope that we finish strong this morning. I hope it's been a blessing to you. There's passion in my heart for this message. You know, every time I get a chance to preach God's word, Jesus said he came to do three things. He said, I came to seek and save the lost. He said, I came to destroy the works of the enemy. And he said, I came that you might have abundant life. Where the enemy, enemy comes to kill and to steal and destroy, I came that you might have abundant life. And every chance that I have to preach God's word, I'm thinking about those three things. Lord, how can I preach the word? in such a way that it seeks and saves the lost. It brings people home to you and it causes believers to understand that what was lost through sin has been restored through the cross. How can I preach in such a way that the the lies of the enemy, the works of the enemy are destroyed in the hearts and the minds of the people of God? And how can I preach in such a way that the abundant life that Jesus came to make possible to you and to me is revealed or restored to you? And I'm passionate about the word that we're gonna preach this morning as we finish this series. And you know, five years of serving this church and um, this this month, this, this will be my last message I'll preach for a few weeks because every five years, the elders encourage the pastors of this church to get away on a sabbatical. And this is my five year sabbatical is here. And so we began talking about Is this the right time? Is this the right season for me to step away for a month of time? And the Lord just quickly began to just speak to my heart that there's never a convenient time to obey God. It's always gotta be because of conviction. And that there are principles that are working. You know, I'm reluctant, especially in this season with everything that's going on. It's, it's, I tend to find my identity in my work. And it's one of the things that the Lord desires to do in my heart is remind me that this church is not built on a person or a personality, it's built on the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And it's built because of a group of people and a team, a staff, and you guys coming and serving alongside that team to advance the kingdom and further the kingdom. And so you guys are gonna be a great hands. Pastor Eddie's gonna speak. Pastor Mike is gonna preach. Pastor Richard Hinojosa from Brownsville, Texas is gonna preach in my stead. And we're gonna get away intentionally to just reconnect as a family, to, to ask God to restore us and refresh us and renew us so that we can come back rejuvenated for another five years of advancing the kingdom alongside you guys and in this city that desperately needs Jesus Christ. And so would you guys do a couple things for me? Would you pray for us? Would you pray that God would use this season strategically to just reconnect to our family? You know, we were, the other night we were having dinner and one of my daughters was uh, talking about a friend's dad and she said, yeah, her, her dad works 24 seven And she said, her dad, my friend's dad works 24-7. And she said, kind of like you, dad. And it just hit me. And I thought, oh, goodness, that's, even if it's not true, that's her perspective. And so would you pray for us that God would use this season, this month-long window of of just stepping out of some of these ongoing responsibilities and reconnecting as a family and, and really pressing into God for fresh vision and fresh spiritual strength to come back and serve? Would you pray for us that God would do that very thing? that we would come back as a family stronger, more strongly connected as a family, more con- connected, more committed, more convinced. And would you also lean in in this month? Would you, would you rally around to serve and to give and to continue to advance the kingdom of God? And I look forward to coming back and I anticipate that you'll experience a fresh vitality in the way that I communicate and the posture from which I lead as I step away and just rest for about a month. So, so would you pray for me? And, and would, let's pray together this morning over the word and over the rest of the service today. And uh, Acts chapter 27, would you, would you, while I pray corporately, would you pray individually? Would you ask God to speak to you, to strengthen you, to encourage you, to comfort you 
today in Jesus' name. And Father, we recognize, Lord, that we are your people and we're gathered in this place. In this, in this room or online, we're gathered together as the people of God. And Lord, help us to do so much more today than just, Lord, uh, have church. We wanna encounter the spirit of the living God. And we wanna encounter you in such a way, Lord, that transforms us, that, 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 that causes us to grow in our faith, Lord, in a way that, that restores to us what was lost, Lord, in a way that destroys the works of the enemy, and in a way that connects us in a new or a fresh way, Lord, convinces us of the abundant life that Jesus came to make possible to us as believers. We come, up, we come before you this morning, Lord, with open hearts. Lord, our minds are alert. Lord, we're ready to receive what you want to speak to us today, what you want to remind us of, what you want to reveal us of today, what you want to reveal to us today, Father, in Jesus' name. And come on, all God's precious people said. All right, turn to Acts chapter 27. If you're not there already, lots of scripture in today's message. But we'll start in Acts chapter 27, which has served as a primary text for this series called Anchored. And listen, the Apostle Paul has had his radical conversion experience. He's been transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. He's gone from Saul of Tarsus, who was persecuting the church even unto death, to now being an apostle of the faith, being used of God to lay the foundations of the New Testament church that now you and I are a part of. But in Acts chapter 27, we find him being delivered to stand trial on account of his faith, chained, imprisoned, and upon a prisoner's ship, being delivered to Rome to stand trial. And we pick it up in Acts chapter 27, verse 13. And it says, when a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity, they weighed anchor, they sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. And the ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. And catch this, so we gave way to it. We let ourselves be driven along. And in other words, they ran into a storm and they allowed themselves to begin to drift. And if you've heard this multiple times through this series, just bear with me as I catch people up to speed. The Lord began to speak to me. The, the inspiration for this series occurred when I experienced a drifting in the natural. I was out at Clinton Lake, I was fishing, and the winds began to blow. I caught what I thought was a big fish, and I reeled it in, and it wasn't a big fish, it was a big log, and I was initially disappointed, and then I was distracted as I was dealing with the mess, and in the midst of disappointment and distraction and discouragement, my motor had died, the winds had begun to blow, and I found myself having drifted to a dangerous place up against the rocks, the, rent, the winds blowing, and, and my boat being pressed against these rocks, and, and it was a stressful moment, and I came out of that, the Lord speaking to me, saying, as much as you experience the danger of drifting in the natural, there's even more of a danger of drifting in the spirit. And that in this season, because of the way things had been interrupted and the way that the patterns of gathering as a people and, and serving in the church and serving in our community has been interrupted, that there is a legitimate risk that the people of God would be drifting from our faith in this season. And he began to challenge me. It's a time to be anchored. It's a time to be anchored to God's presence and God's promises and God's people and God's purposes. This is a time where winds are, are blowing and storms are raging. This is a time for the people of God to be anchored to the promises of God. And listen, the other day, I thought this was so amazing. Today's the last message in this series and I get out to the lake at least once a week and I get out and I pray and I, it's where I worship and just a lot of times it's where I get the inspiration for the messages that I preach every Sunday is just like Jesus would get away from the disciples and go out into the wilderness or go up to the mountain and, and pray and spend time alone with God. It's the place where I get alone and and pray and worship and receive from God. I always try to listen, Lord, what are you speaking to me and to our church family? And, and so I was out there this week doing that after having shared this message. 
that story, that unfortunate story about the log for the last six weeks. And I, I, I debated about whether to share this, but then the Lord began to just really speak to me that it was intentional. And I wanna show you that this last week, the week I was preparing to preach the last message after I've shared that unfortunate story for six times, I found myself, I fish all over that lake. I found myself in the exact spot. I didn't realize it until later. I found myself in that exact spot. I mean within 10 yards of where I was when I hooked the log and got disappointed and distracted and discouraged and drift up against the rocks. And I got another bite. And this is what I caught. They got that ready, that picture ready to show you? I caught the seven pound walleye that I thought I had caught when I hooked the log. And listen, I, I, I debated about whether to show that, you know, and it's, it's like, well, I could tell you the story, but would you really believe it if I didn't have the picture to back it up, you know? And in Texas, where I come from, they say it's not bragging if it's true, you know, so. <laughs> but here's the other thing is the Lord began to speak to me that it was intentional. That in the very place, the very spot where I had once found myself drifted into a dangerous place, that as I was faithful to share that testimony that the Lord redeemed it and restored it, and the Lord provided that fish for me to speak to my heart and say, in the very places, come on, maybe some of you need to be encouraged today, in the very place today where you have a storm and you're up against the rock, the Lord can show up and do something that is better than you asked, thought, or imagined. You need to hear that today. In the very place, I mean, the very spot where you once maybe thought something was gonna happen and there was disappointment, doubt, discouragement, God can show up if you'll just trust him if you will stay anchored to him. Hallelujah. And not shrink back or shy away from the reality of the difficult season, but you'll present that real problem, real challenge, real struggle, real disappointment, real discouragement. Come on, I say it often to a real God who offers real hope and real forgiveness and real life and real redemption, real second chances. Now's the time to be anchored, for the people of God to be anchored to the promises of God. And they were drifting. And in verse 29, the storm continued to rage. And it said, fearing that they would be dashed against the rocks. Remember, they've given themselves, they've just said, what can we do? The storm is too strong, and they've, they've quit even, even putting up a fight, and they're drifting along. And it says, fearing that they would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern, and they prayed for daylight. And in recent weeks, I've encouraged us with four anchors to hold on to. I've, tried, I've asked the Lord to speak to me in, in groups of four, these things, and I've encouraged us with the importance of connecting, staying anchored to God's presence, staying anchored to God's promises, staying anchored to God's people, not allowing yourself to become disconnected from the church or disconnected from the people who God has called you to shine brightly towards and staying connected to God's purposes for your life. Come on, the thing that he's called you to do that no one else can do, the people he's called you to reach that no one else perhaps can reach, to stay anchored to those things and to realize that if you look up and you find yourself spiritually dry or drifting, it's almost inevitably true that in some way, somehow, one of those four areas you begin to drift. You begin to drift from God's presence. Maybe you once got up and every day dedicated yourself in prayer to God took time to strengthen yourself and to hear from his heart for your day and you've drifted from that or you've drifted from God's promises. You're, you're, you're trying to survive on last year's Bible study plan or you've drifted from God's people or drifted from his purposes. We've gotta be anchored. Listen, and you can be anchored to a lot of things. You can be anchored to drugs. You can be anchored to alcohol. You can be anchored to pornography. You can be anchored to, to bitterness. You can be anchored to unforgiveness. 
You can be anchored to insecurity. You can be anchored to poverty. When God begins to bless you, you say, Lord, that might be good for them, but I can't believe that this is, the other shoe has got to drop at some point. You can become anchored to a lot of things, and now's the season to be anchored to the one who's unshakable, to be anchored to the very word of God and to be anchored to the presence of God. Listen, the Bible says that we have this hope, say hope, as an anchor for our soul, strong and secure. Another translation says strong and trustworthy. And the Bible wouldn't say it this way if God didn't know we, that we wouldn't need to see it this way because of the tendency and even the likelihood. Because we live in a fallen world and there are storms that are raging, the likelihood that we would look up and occasionally find ourselves drifting. Now's the time to be anchored. And today in the last sermon in this series, I'm gonna talk to you I had a whole nother message that I had been working on for three weeks. I had even been working with the staff on an exercise that was gonna support the message and the Lord just came to me this week and just said, pause, there's another message that I want you to preach to finish this series before you get away on sabbatical. And so we'll get to that. I mean, I trust that the work that we invested in that will, will serve another time. And, 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 but the Lord just, when the Lord does that to me, I, I get excited because I realize that maybe something I was thinking that he wanted to speak, I really believe that God has something he wants to speak and impart to you today. And I wanna talk to you this morning as we close this series on the anchor of eternity. The anchor of eternity, that a revelation about the fact that Jesus came because God so loved the world that whoever, you and me, if we believed upon him and called upon him, we would not perish but have what? Eternal life that this is an anchor for our soul. The hope that we have in Jesus is not just in this earthly life, this temporal existence. The, the anchor that we have in Jesus is eternal life. The Bible says, Acts chapter 27, verse 22. Now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost, only the ship will be destroyed. In the midst of the storm, in the midst of the storm, Paul says, the ship's going down. The ship's going down. But God had showed up and God had spoken to him and said, while the ship might be going down, your life will not be lost. And he said, I've given you all those that are sailing with you, their lives will also not be lost. And listen, there's a reality that we can grab from that part of that passage that we've been studying, and that is that this world is passing away. This ship that we are upon is sinking. It's going down, but here's the promise that we have in Jesus Christ. Even as this world is failing and perishing, your life will not be lost. You will, if you believe in Jesus Christ, there's an eternal perspective. There's an eternal reality that the world and the things of this world are passing away, but your life, you will not perish. Those who believe in Jesus Christ will not perish, but have eternal life. Hebrews 13, 14 says this, this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home that's yet to come, but we're living in a world that's clinging to this life. A revelation about eternity causes, changes the way that we live. And I, I, there's an illustration that I'm gonna have. Pastor Eddie, would you, um, and I think Boniface Mutuku was maybe gonna step up with you. You guys come up here and bring that rope up here. Listen, this is, a, this is a very imperfect illustration about this, but it's one of the things that helped me to just begin to realize and embrace the magnitude of eternity and the impact that the revelation of the fact we were created for eternity and saved for eternity causes us to live differently on this side of eternity. And listen, if this rope represents eternity, and listen, we, 
There's no way to communicate or express the reality of eternity. This rope has an end on each end. Eternity will go forevermore. This rope, if this rope represents eternity, multiply this times the biggest number. I mean, as many zeros as you can possibly fit on a number. Multiply this length times that, and that's where eternity begins. But we live in a world who is living in light of eternity, concerned about the red portion of this rope. I took this rope and I just drew it. Come on, if I could have drawn it smaller on here, I drew it as small as I thought I could afford to draw it for you guys to see it and the cameras to be able to see it this morning. This red piece of this rope, I mean, it's, it's an imperfect illustration because it's unfathomable, unimaginable, and impossible to express or communicate with words or numbers how much this earthly life pales in comparison, how much this life is a vapor in light of the magnitude of eternity. We live in a world and we live in a place where even we as believers can be tempted to care more, concerned more, worried more about this part of this experience. What if we began to allow ourselves to think differently, to see differently, what if we, we said, Lord, would you, would you help us to understand that we live with an eternal perspective, that, that w- the way that we're living, come on, how, how what we believe determines where we spend eternity. Jesus is the only way. And believing in Jesus, what you believe determines where you'll spend eternity, but how we live determines how we spend eternity. And a, a revelation, a deeper revelation about the significance, about the magnitude of eternity causes us to live differently on this side of eternity. Thank you, gentlemen, for helping me with that. Come on, give them a hand, Pastor Eddie and Boniface Matuku. Thank you, guys. A couple of mighty men of God. First John 5, 13 says this. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. Come on, that's you and that's me. I write these things to you as believers so that you may know that you have eternal life. In other words, again, God's word wouldn't say it a certain way unless God didn't know that we weren't gonna need to see it a certain way. And he's saying, I'm writing to those of you who believe in Jesus so that you may know, so that you may be reminded, so that you may be convinced about the reality that you have eternal life. In other words, there's a, there's a tendency or even a probability that we can get caught up with the cares of this world in a way that causes us to drift from this reality that we have as believers in Jesus Christ. He said, I'm writing this to you who believe. Come on, I'm preaching this message to those who believe so that you may know Know, know that you have eternal life. This revelation is an anchor for your soul. This revelation changes the way that we live on this side of eternity. Jesus said, is there not enough room in my Father's house? I go to prepare a place for you. And you know the scripture that he said right before that was, do not let your hearts be troubled. Because I'm going away. And I'm preparing a place for you. And it's a good place. It's gonna be amazing. Romans 8.18 says, I consider that our present sufferings are not even worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Philippians 3 verse 20 says, and I told you there's a lot of scripture, but this is good. I want the Bible to just confirm and affirm this to you this morning. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await, come on, this needs to be restored, this message to the church of Jesus Christ, this eager awaiting for eternity, this eager awaiting for Jesus to come and to take us home. Come on, each of us is gonna experience that regardless one way or the other, whether you pass away and you go to be with Jesus or whether Jesus comes back and takes us all back together 
together with him in this lifetime. Your citizenship is not of this earth. It's in heaven. And we eagerly await. Lord, Lord, help us to see the magnitude of eternity in a way that causes us to be set free of the spirit of this world that's clinging to our earthly possessions. Help us to see this in such a way that causes us to understand that how we live on this side of eternity matters, but there's so much more that we were created for. Your citizenship is not of this earth. There's a home that Jesus has gone to prepare for you. It's a good place. And I want to encourage you today, as I've been preaching into these four anchors, I believe that the Lord put four anchors on my heart. Four things that really getting here, get this, people of God. Four things that really getting this in a deeper way in your heart, this reality that you were created and saved for eternity, this relationship with God that will be unending, this place of joy and peace where there'll be no more sorrow, no more pain, no more tears. No more coronavirus, no more racial unrest, all those things. Every tribe, nation, and tongue gathered around the throne of Jesus forever and ever and ever and ever saying all glory, all power, all authority unto you, our God. The one who was, who was worthy to open the, the scroll, the one who came, the spotless lamb of the world. Come on, that's the future that we have to look forward to. Four things that gathering this in a deeper way set us free from. Four things that the anchor of eternal life sets us free from. Number one is the fear of loss. In other words, what I stand to lose in this life by serving Jesus. And I see it all the time that the enemy comes and he causes people to shrink back or, or hold back with the question, what could happen? What might happen? And do you know that that very question asked in fear causes you to shrink back? But I believe that the heart of God is for us as the people of God to begin to ask that question posed in faith. What can happen? What could happen? What might happen if I step out in faith, if I say yes to God, if I partner with God, if I step up and show up and speak out? What could happen? The world is riddled with the fear of that question. What could happen? Come on, it's time for us to begin to ask it in faith. What could happen? with a sense of excitement and anticipation that there's a God that's with us and for us and has called us to an adventure of faith that transcends a religious experience or a church membership. What could happen? An eternal perspective causes us to realize that life is not about what we can gather, but what we can give. Jesus said, Matthew 6, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in, steal. And it's the scripture that Pastor Eddie mentioned in the video this morning in our offering time. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But we live in a world, we live in a world where the spirit of this world is consumed with what can I gather to myself in this life that was represented by that red section on that white rope. An eternal perspective, I mean a revelation in a deep way in your heart sets us free from the fear of loss. The things that this world is trying to gather to ourselves, come on, you are not going to be able to take them with you. But there is a place when we begin to embrace that God is more concerned about what is significant over the world's definition of success. 
And we begin to say, Lord, set me free of being bound to the world's definition of success and realize that what you are concerned more about all along is what's significant. And when I begin to focus on what matters most to God, when I begin to focus on what is significant, that there's a place, there's an account, there's a heavenly account where treasures are being stored up that cannot be lost, that cannot decay. You can't take it with you, you know. I think it was Billy Graham that once said, I've never seen a U-Haul trailer behind a hearse at a funeral. And the things that you're consumed about, the things that we're consumed with gathering unto ourselves are temporal and they're passing away, but there's a way to live. There's a perspective to live in which the things that we put our hands to, the things that we do, the way that we live is, is advancing an eternal bank account. It sets us free from the fear of loss. Number two, it sets us free from the fear of failure. In other words, what might happen if I step out in faith? And listen, the enemy is always operating in procrastination and presumption. I mean, these are two of the, 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 the schemes of the enemy that keep the people of God from living out an adventurous life of faith. Procrastination and presumption. In other words, someday or one day. Someday I'll get around to saying yes to God. Someday we'll getting around to... To, 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 to go through the foster care class. Someday we'll get around to stepping up and saying yes to serve at the church. Someday we'll step out and, and go on the missions trip. Someday we'll, we'll do whatever it is that God's put in your heart. The enemy operates in procrastination and presumption that one day we'll, we'll get there. And listen, do you know the Bible is so clear that we are not promised tomorrow. Just focus on this day, this day, this day. The Bible, the, 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 if the enemy operates in procrastination and presumption, the, the, the spirit of the Lord comes to cause us to operate in priority and pursuit. What matters today? Lord, does what matters most to you matter most to me? Or am I putting off what really matters to focus on the things that are passing away? Eternal perspective sets us free from the fear of loss, from the fear of failure. Number three, from the fear of man. In other words, how I might look to others if I step out and serve God. What others might think of me as I serve God. And listen, it's so easy to get caught up in this. And it kills our boldness to live for Jesus. It kills our boldness to speak up for Jesus it causes us to live an anemic Christian life as, as we compare ourselves with others and what they have and what they've accrued and their job versus my job and their car versus my car and their house versus my house. And an eternal perspective and understanding that all those things are passing away causes us to be set free from the fear of man. And listen, all those are good things. I'm not saying that those are bad things, but, but if you allow yourself to be consumed with those things, you're missing the life that God's made possible for you to live. Matthew 10, verse 28 says, do not fear those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Fear him who can destroy both the body and the soul. Come on, look at your neighbor this morning and say, I'm not scared of you. I'm not scared of you. I'm not scared. I'm set free of what you think about me because I'm not living for your applause. I'm living with an eternal perspective, understanding that, that I choose to live for what's significant over what the world deems is success. It sets us free of the fear of man. Hebrews 13, 6 says, we can confidently say, say confident, 
I'm confident in this. I'm confident in this. That's why I'm preaching this, hopefully with passion and conviction this morning, so that you can, in a new way or a deeper way, be confident about this, to say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? If we really believe this, would it cause us to live differently? If we really believed in the width and breadth of eternity, this, the fact that this life is just a glimpse, just a vapor, just a moment. I mean, if I could have just drawn a dot on that rope, it would have been more accurate to represent just how insignificant this life is as it regards the width and breadth of eternity. If we really believed that, would we preach more boldly? If we really believe that, would we live differently? If we really believe that, would we, would we be willing to speak up and speak out to those that we work with and our neighbors to our left and our right, the people that God has put in our life to tell them about Jesus, that there's a, that there's a God in the midst of a world that's perishing and passing away. And I think more than ever, people are, are seeing that and understanding that. They're familiar with it. They're feeling it. In that moment, there's a, there's a God who created you for something way bigger and way better than this existence. There's a God who so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whosoever, whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Would you stand to your feet this morning? And I'm about to pray for you, but right where you are, I want you to just begin to say, Look, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? Holy Spirit, what are you reminding me of today? Holy Spirit, what are you revealing to me today that will allow me to live differently, to maybe be set free from the way I've been living? Maybe you've been just consumed with earthly things. You've been consumed with what you can accrue to yourself, and God today is coming to just begin to cause that to shift, that perspective to shift when you realize that all those things are passing away. Maybe today there's a, a, a fresh perspective that God's given you. There's a He's reminding you about the significance of eternity and there's a boldness that God's gonna begin to impart to you. To begin to tell about Jesus, to begin to look for those opportunities. And, and in that moment, because of this message and what the Holy Spirit does in our heart that maybe we once would have procrastinated the conversation or presumed that we would have another day to tell that loved one or tell that coworker about Jesus that now because of a deeper reality, that that's not promised to any of us. We'll begin to seize those moments and trust God for an anointing from his spirit to convey his heart for that person, the love of a savior, the hope of a future. Thank you, Lord. What's, just one more time. What's, Lord, what are you speaking to me? And Father, as this church family in this room and all gathering online is asking you that question. I, I trust you're speaking to us, God. I trust, Lord, that there's an anchor that's being deepened. And so there's a deeper place that that anchor of this reality of eternal life is being, that we are being anchored to. We thank you for that today, God. Let it cause us to live differently. Let it, let it cause us to live free of the fear of loss. Let it cause us to live free of the fear of man. Let it cause us to live free of the fear of death, Lord. This, we look around this world is being gripped by the fear of death. People, I'm not talking about taking wise, practical, whiz, walking in wisdom as it regards some of the steps that we're taking. We're doing some of those things as a church, but I'm, I'm telling you, there is a risk of a pandemic of fear. Even after the virus is gone, there's a risk that people will have allowed the spirit of fear 
to grip their lives and to cause them to miss out on some of the things that God has called us to do and to be and to enjoy on this side of eternity and to be about the things that God's called us to go and to, and to do and to build for his glory. And Lord, we thank you, God, that there would be, that we would be immune, Lord, that there's, that there's a spiritual vaccine for that fear, God. And we thank you that it's the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the cross of Calvary. What can man do to me? In the Bible, I'll close with this scripture. It says this, that in, in these things, we are, we're convinced that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Convinced that neither death nor life, angels nor demons, the present nor the future, the fear of the future, nor any powers, nor the height or depth, anything in all creation will ever, ever, ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's what you have access to as a believer in Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, we thank you for it today. We thank you for it today. Lord, whatever it is that you've revealed to the people of God, every man of God, every woman of God, every young person in this room or within the sound of my voice, Lord, would you anchor us to it today, God? And would it cause us to live differently and shine brighter for Jesus Christ? In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. And listen, if you're joining us, you're in this room, or you're joining us online and you realize that you're far from God, you've drifted far from God, or maybe you've never given your life to Jesus, you know today that if I died in this earthly life, I'm not sure where I would spend eternity. If that's you, I believe it. I mean, I believe it with all my heart. You are not here. You are not tuning in on accident. It's because of the heart of a good father who desires to bring you home, to welcome you home to that fresh start, that reset that was spoken about earlier. That's what Jesus made possible. This great exchange, this exchange of the weight of guilt and sin and shame and condemnation for a life of freedom and victory and joy that we could never earn or never deserve. We could only receive through the free gift of salvation that we receive the grace of God by faith in Jesus Christ. And listen, if that's you today, if that's you today, do not delay. Right now, begin to respond in your heart. Say, Jesus, I need you. And I ask you into my heart, come and be my Lord, come and be my Savior. And if that's you in this room or online, I, I believe it's important to also just begin to step out and make real, make practical the spiritual thing. What's most important is what's happening in your heart. But it's important to begin to step out and live it out. And right now, I just wanna ask you, just lift your hand towards God and say, Lord, you, you see my heart, now see my hand. And it's a, it's a, it's a, represent, it's a representation of a, of a fresh commitment to live this thing out, to live this thing out. Thank you, Lord, for these precious people. Thank you, Lord, for the hands that represent the hearts that, Lord, you are capturing today, God, with your love that you are capturing today, Lord. I declare freedom, God, over the people who are responding today, God. I pray, Lord, that you would just fill them fresh and new, Lord, with your Holy Spirit in a way that washes away, Lord, all the lies and the deceptions of the enemy. I pray, Lord, that those lies of, of insignificance and inferiority, those lies that have led to frustration and anger, God, would be washed away today in the name of Jesus by the power of your shed blood and by the weight of your love, God, for those who are responding in their hearts to you today. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. And come on, you know what's, what's coming. We're gonna pray this prayer together. And we do it for a couple of reasons. For those who are in this room, there were hands that went up in this room. For those who are responding online, wherever you're watching from today, we pray this together for two reasons. One is it allows us to just quickly come alongside those who are responding and just affirm to them, we wanna be a spiritual family to you. We're praying this with you because we wanna come alongside you and begin to encourage you and strengthen you and affirm to you the life of faith that God has for you. 
And two, we do it every week because it reminds us. It's an anchor for our souls. It reminds us that even as we're growing in our faith, becoming more mature, moving on in God, serving his purposes for our life, we pray this every week. Come on, it's an anchor for my soul, even as our pastor, that I never graduate from grace. I need the grace of God. It's the grace of God upon which I stand. It's the grace of God upon which I serve and lead and, and build my marriage, my life, my family, my future. And so come on, let's pray this together with everything you have. Pray it out. Father, in Jesus' name, I recognize my need for a Savior. And I thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price I could never pay to make a way that I might have a new life and a fresh start. I give you that life, I give you my trust. And because of Jesus, because of the cross of Jesus, come on, say it, I'll never be the same. I'll never be the same. And would you put your hands together with all of heaven for the precious people who responded today? Listen, we're about to worship and dismiss you today, but before we do, if you responded to Jesus, we, we have something we would love to put in your hands. If you're here in this room, stop by the Welcome Center that's right to your left as you're exiting today, we have a, a bag that has some resources in it. It has a Bible just like this one, a Fresh Start Bible that has God's Word and a lot of great devotions and revelations in it that to, will encourage you in your faith. If you're joining us from afar and you gave your life or rededicated your life to Jesus today, would you text us? Text New Life to 30500 or you can email us newlife at revcity.com and we'll get that gift bag and that Bible on its way to you. Come on, who's grateful for the eternal life we have in Jesus? And who's grateful that in the midst of a world that's perishing and passing away, come on, we have an anchor. We have an anchor. We have an anchor. There's nothing, nothing can separate, not death, not life, no virus, no, 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 no violence. Nothing can separate you, those of us who are found in Jesus from the love of God. That's good news, amen, amen, amen. Come on, come on, let's sing this song one more time together and then you'll be dismissed today.